1: Michael Harrington in Washington. The family of an Amazon delivery driver who died last month when a tornado collapsed a warehouse in central Illinois has filed a wrongful death lawsuit.
2: The Madison County Action on behalf of 26-year-old Austin McEwen claims an Amazon failed to warn employees of dangerous weather or provide safe shelter before a tornado slammed the Edwardsville facility on December 10th, killing McEwen and five others. McEwen's parents, Randy and Alice McEwen, alleged that Amazon administrators knew severe weather was imminent but didn't have an emergency plan or evacuate employees from the fulfillment center. The McEwens are asking for more than $50,000 from each of the four defendants named in the suit, including Amazon.com, the construction company that built the facility, and the project's developer. Jeremy House reporting. This is SRN News.
3: Mark Levin. What was America like under Donald Trump? The borders were more secure than ever in my lifetime. The dollar was sound. We didn't have inflation. People were getting jobs regardless of their race, regardless of their party affiliation. Our military was built up, so our enemies feared us. Iran was on the run. Communist China was on the run. Putin shut his big yap. Oh, it was so terrible, wasn't it?
0: Mark Levin. Weeknights at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio.
4: Join us for our annual Holes for Heroes live broadcast from Medicine Lake in Plymouth on Saturday, February 12th. Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson will be there from 1 to 3 p.m. broadcasting live from their Fish House mobile studios. Holes for Heroes is an annual ice fishing tournament created to honor our veterans both home and abroad, and is free for all vets and their immediate family. Visit am1280thepatriot.com for event details. The forecast for today, we're looking at snow likely with a high of 8 and a low of 6 for tonight.
3: You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, Happy Green Bay Packers Elimination Weekend. Yeah, I'm a Vikings fan. Uh, I'm one of those Vikings fans who takes sheer joy in, whenever the Packers lose because, yeah, I'm I'm one of those spiteful, pathetic Vikings fan whose team hasn't won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm I admit it. I'm unapologetic about it. So uh, the Packers uh, go down to defeat last evening against San Francisco Forty ers The only question now remaining is this: the end of the era, Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay. Um, it looks that way, but uh, you never know. You never know. I thought he was going to be gone. Before 2021, and he came back. So, who's to say? But Packers are in salary cap hell for 2022. As much as I'd love to talk sports the entire hour, uh, I'm going to forego that. I'm just saying, I uh, hope you're enjoying the uh, uh, just the aura of the Packers being out of the postseason. So, yeah, now it's now I can relax from here on out and just uh, hopefully root on. Uh, I'm I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I'd love to see him get number Super T- Super Bowl title number eight and right off, uh, right off in the sunset with Giselle Bunchin, That wouldn't be a bad way to go, would it? I'm just saying. So I, I've got a lot to cover uh, in the uh, couple of hours we have on the broadcast here. A lot of local news that I want to get into, and I will definitely get into that. But the first couple of segments I want to cover a national story, particularly uh, having to do with uh, President Joe Biden. You know, this past Thursday was January 20th. That marked the one-year anniversary of Joe Biden being sworn in as 46th president of the United States. And like a lot of presidents, when they first assume office, you know, people, not every single person is a strident partisan like myself, okay? People are going to give the new president the benefit of the doubt. You know, particularly those who are, you know, independent voters say, "Okay, you know what? He may not have been my choice, but, uh, you know, I'll I'll see how he's doing. And and typically when they're asked about, you know, his job approval, the polls that are taken, they show the job approval. Typically, they're above 50 percent. They're above water. And above water, so to speak. And you think about it. Joe Biden's first six, seven months, you know, he enjoyed a pretty good ride. Because the vaccines started to become, the, the COVID-19 vaccines started to become available at the end of 2020 into early 2021. And by the time Biden assumed office, vaccines were being regularly distributed to those with uh, comorbidities as well as our elderly population. And you could get a vaccine, but you had to register and wait in line and all this other stuff. And my thought was, you know, I'm in my early 50s. I've been, in, I've been blessed with great health throughout my life. I'm not going to cut the line. I am going to wade into all of those, you know, particularly our essential workers, our frontline workers, you know, whether it's uh, emergency responders or medical personnel or, you know, my wife is a school teacher and she's around a lot of uh, a lot of people. Even though she was teaching remotely last year, she was tapped to teach remotely. Uh they, you know, she because she is a public school teacher, she you know, got a vaccine. I think in her first shot was in February. I think she got her second shot in March. So then, uh, I finally got my first jab in April 2nd one in May, and this is four months into the Biden presidency and, and the pandemic and the pandemic was starting to wane. And it got to the point by early summertime where a lot of news outlets pretty much quit giving daily updates on COVID because it was very apparent the vaccines were working. The pandemic was starting to wane and, uh, Life was starting to get back to normal. People were going to ball games again, concerts, large venues where there was big crushes of people and there weren't super spreader events. People said, okay, all right, we're good. We're good. Well, then what happened? The Delta variant, which proved to be much more deadly. And that was largely the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Now, there were some breakthrough cases, but people were largely protected from the Delta variant. Yeah, they may have gotten the the two jabs and and then they ended up getting covid anyways but it didn't hamper them as much as those who were unvaccinated that got the delta variant that truly was the pandemic of the unvaccinated well I, this isn't a covid talk but this is just to say how things were going the first six seven months of the biden administration where the tide started to turn was the withdrawal of our military operations from afghanistan now, no one's going to debate that that was a bad move, getting out of Afghanistan. We've been there 20 years. It got to the point where there was really nothing more we could do. We established our initial uh, mission, which was to remove the Taliban from power because they were in power and they were giving safe haven to al-Qaeda. Well, you know, under the Bush foreign policy, he was big into this nation-building. You know, we can remove this government and, and allow the citizens to vote in uh, a government of their choice. Well, Afghanistan really wasn't conducive to that. And as a result, that ended up dragging on for 20 years. And by the, pretty much the, pat, the the last 10 years of the war, there was really no coherently stated mission for why we were there. there. There wasn't. So getting out was the right thing. The timing of it was horrible. And what's going to be unforgivable and how history should mark the Biden administration or judge the Biden administration harshly is the fact he wanted something symbolic for the withdrawal, i.e., look at this, the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks on U.S. soil, nine eleven, two thousand one. 2001 the very last person that we had in Afghanistan, we were able to get out before the 20-year mark. He wanted that symbolism. Well, by waiting until August, guess what? You had members of the Taliban coming back from the fields. You know, they were, they were uh, uh, planting some sort of, I think it was, uh, uh, they were some sort of planting that they were involved in where they were out in the fields uh, tending to that particular harvest. Okay. And while they were away, because, you know, that's a big source of, uh, obviously, income for them. And while they were away, in May and June, you could have easily started drawing down forces. But the Biden administration wanted a symbolic victory. Well, as we know, the withdrawal was such a debacle, it it basically conjured up images of the last chopper leaving Vietnam and, and, and people hanging on to the bottom of the helicopter as it took off because one of the more horrifying pictures is you had uh, Afghani citizens hanging on to the wheels, the landing gear, if you will, of the airplane. Uh, Just a very infinitesimal chance that they could, when the wheels went up, they would be safe in the compartment and they could get out of Afghanistan. They were were literally willing to take that risk because they know staying behind with the Taliban taking over, they were dead. And you saw the harrowing, the horrifying image of a, of a person falling from the uh, wheels of the airplane because it just couldn't hang on any longer. And it also conjured up that horrifying image of people jumping from the World Trade Center on 9-11-2001. So basically, we were full circle. The whole reason we went into war with Afghanistan was to root out the Taliban who was given safe haven to al- Al-Qaeda, who was responsible for the 9-11 terrorist attacks. And yet we're seeing the same horrifying images 20 years later. And how many Americans were stranded behind in Afghanistan, wanting to get out, couldn't get out. But the administration said, oh, everybody wanted to get out, could get out. Well, that turned out not to be true. And from that point forward, pretty much everything Joe Biden touched turned to feces. His approval rating, job approval rating, started to get underwater, and it's been underwater ever since. And it has been sinking like a stone ever since that point. And we'll we'll go into that a little bit more. But I do have a sound clip I want to get to before we go to the break here. Cut number one, uh, Scott Jennings, he was a former uh, official in the George W. Bush administration. He's been a CNN commentator for a few years now. Normally, when they want to kind of put lipstick on a hog, they'll trot out one of the token Republicans like Ana Navarro or Rick Wilson who were stridently anti-Trump and were broken by the Trump administration, and their goal is to eradicate every Republican elected official holding office right now in order to, in in their minds, remove the stink of Trump from the party, even though there are active elected officials who oppose Trump. Republican elected officials, that is. doesn't matter to people like Ana Navarro and, and, and Rick Wilson. These are the kind of Republicans CNN typically has on their panel. But Anderson Cooper, this was one of his broadcasts from last week. Uh, Scott Jennings, and I know former Obama chief advisor David Axelrod was the Democrat on the panel, and I don't know who the other Democrat is. doesn't matter. But this is about a one-minute clip. Scott Jennings, uh, CNN commentator, uh, very damning things he had to say one year
5: into the Biden administration. Scott, I read a piece that you just wrote essentially saying this is Joe Biden doing what Joe Biden does.
7: Yeah, well, he, he, I, I never imagined how quickly this would all unfold. The person they sold on the campaign, the nice old, you know, moderate grandpa who just wanted to help everybody get along and compromise, is not what we got over the last year. He has no mandate really to do much of anything. It's amazing that he got a couple of things done when the mandate was really. Uh, pretty clear, 50-50 Senate, a near 50-50 House, and a pretty close presidential election. The mandate was simply replace Donald Trump and don't do anything drastic or stupid. And everything about this agenda is extremely drastic. And he's been angrier than I think people expected. He's been more divisive. He's been more partisan. You look at the issues. We built five years of coverage on Trump out of Russia, COVID, and democracy. The president at his press conference invites Russia to invade the Ukraine. We got more deaths under Biden than Trump, COVID deaths. and now we have the president and vice president and leading Democrats question the legitimacy of the 2022 election. Are we any better off on these three issues that we crucified Trump over? I think he has a lot of political problems, and an AP poll came out this morning. Only 28% of Americans want the sitting president to run for reelection, and fewer than half of Democrats. This is a disaster. So what's old is new again. There
3: you have it, and he's exactly right. And here's the damning stat, and we'll take a break uh, after this. Here, in my mind, is is the true damning statistic. Right now, uh, according to Gall- a Gallup poll, okay, this isn't some far right poll, but mind you. Joe Biden's job approval rating recently dropped a, a net eight points, where forty approve and fifty six percent disapprove, and it was forty three fifty one the split. So that's a minus sixteen. The worst of his presidency, Donald Trump's approval on Gallup at the end of January 2019 or 2018, which is the same point, the one year point in the Trump presidency, 39 percent approval rating, 57 percent disapproval. So Trump was at minus 18 at the same point that Biden was under minus, at minus 16. Biden has a favorable mainstream media putting the proverbial lipstick on the uh, fictional hog for his administration. And yet his approval ratings, job approval ratings, job numbers are say, essentially at the same as Trump's at the same point. And, oh, yeah, Trump faced a continual media onslaught, constantly making mountains out of molehills, constantly taking uh, video clips out of context to make Trump look bad. And, oh, yeah, the Russia collusion. Trump was a Russian asset. He colluded with Russia in order to take over the White House. And all that's been proven to be complete bullpucky. Yet Joe Biden, despite the distinct advantages he has over Donald Trump, is basically at the same point one year into his presidency as Donald Trump was. Okay? Scott Jennings says, very damning. Uh, Some people speculated that the polling numbers right now, because we're in a midterm election year, are looking very similar to what Bill Clinton faced in 1994, his first midterms when the Republicans made a net gain of eight seats in the Senate and a net gain of 54 seats in the House. If you're looking at that come these midterms, that's going to set up very well for Republicans in 2024. Again, the caveat is never underestimate Republicans to screw this up. I get that. I understand that. This is a completely different political environment than it was uh, 28 years ago in 1994, but these are very damning numbers for Democrats overall, to be sure. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
5: I'll just stay locked behind the door. Just no time to stop it. And-
6: Do you suffer from sharp shooting, aching neck or back pain? Have you found yourself discouraged because the only solutions you've been offered to treat your pain or disc injuries are medications, injections or surgery? Abundant Life Chiropractic Health and Injury Center has a time-tested, proven track record of treating spine and nerve injuries from acute and chronic bulge discs, herniated discs and pinched nerves. Their non-invasive, non-surgical decompression techniques have helped hundreds of patients get relief from debilitating neck and back pain caused by disc injuries. If you're ready to reclaim your health, contact Abundant Life Chiropractic Health and Injury Center in Chanhassen. They're here to help you. As an AM 1280 The Patriot listener, you receive a special $49 get acquainted offer. That's a $250 value for just $49. Go to AbundantLifeChiropractor.com to schedule your full
8: disc and spinal workup. That's AbundantLifeChiropractor.com. Wouldn't it be great to receive free quotes from multiple top-rated contractors on siding, roofing, and window jobs with absolutely zero pushy salespeople invading your house with one-size-fits-all overpriced options? I'm Ryan with my three quotes. As many Patriot listeners know, one short meeting with me will result in competitive estimates emailed to you a few days later with no obligation to buy. With today's supply chain issues, the most common question I get lately is how long until the work can be done? Straight answer. If you would like to see some new windows in your house in the summer, now is the time to call me. Lead times are up to six months for window installs, double than what we've ever seen in the past. So whether you would like a few windows quoted or all of them, we'll go over the best options that fit your house and stand up to our extreme temperature swings. If you decide to move forward, I'll come back out to write up the order so we can get the clock ticking on your new windows. To set up a short meeting with me, go to getmy That's the number three, 3 Don't
4: get caught out in the cold this winter. Take advantage of Full Service Batteries' winter battery and charging system check for your car. They'll keep you safe in freezing temperatures. They can also help with your snowmobile, ATV, tractor, or deep cycle battery for ice fishing shacks. They offer the lowest prices in town on batteries, and they'll even professionally install them. Stay safe this winter with a powerful new battery installed by Full Service Battery. Call them today. Just go to FullServiceBattery.com. That's FullServiceBattery.com
7: searching for ways to strengthen your daily walk visit crosswalk.com from devotionals to christian living topics movie reviews to marriage and financial articles and so much more the intersection of faith and life crosswalk.com
8: the division of salem media group
3: hey welcome back AM 1280, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. And also, we do have the live stream up and running at our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and feel free to uh, view the broadcast. You can also leave a comment or question there as well. I'm waving to the camera right now. Thanks to a couple of you who are already tuned in. We appreciate it. Uh, Continuing the discussion about Joe Biden's, uh, basically uh, I deemed it the incredible shrinking presidency. Uh, It's some people pointed out, and I'm not a big fan of the Simpsons. Uh, I I think the last original episode I watched was probably in the early 1990s. Yeah, it's been on that long. It's been on over 30 years. It's just unbelievable. Uh the Simpsons basically kind of kind of predicts everything in the political landscape. Because apparently about 15 years ago, uh the Simpsons did an episode, don't know don't know the context of this, but they used Tom Hanks to give a, a public service announcement and basically said the US government has lost all its credibility, so they're borrowing mine. And Tom Hanks came on to tout I don't know what. And fast forward to just this past week, they're doing they did. There was a YouTube video put forth by the White House, touting year one of the Biden administration, Biden Harris administration again, I'm basically trying to put the uh, proverbial lipstick on the hog. Narrated by, you guessed it, Tom Hanks. The Biden administration is one long Simpsons episode. There there you have it. I mean they called they called Donald Trump running for president. Remember that? I think it was like two, a two thousand episode where where Trump came down the escalator to announce he was running for president. Fifteen years later he was running for president. Going down an escalator. It's just it's uncanny. And on my blog, BradCarlson.org, I put side by side a, a video of Biden uh basically getting agitated and yelling next to the uh, newspaper featuring Grandpa Simpson where the headline reads, Old Man Yells at Cloud. So yeah, very apropos there. Uh again, the I was kind of drawing a comparison between Biden's approval ratings. Uh he's at he's underwater by minus sixteen, forty percent approve, fifty six percent disapprove. Uh that's barely ahead of Trump at the same point of Trump's administration, thirty nine percent approval rating for Trump disapproval. And this was while Trump was being dogged by the Russia collusion investigation and that he was a Russian asset, which ultimately proved to be complete bullpucky, right? And a complete and a 24 hour media onslaught where every little thing Trump did was under scrutiny. I mean, they, they, they were so petulant and petty. They say, well, Trump gets two scoops of ice cream where his staffers only get one and, You know, Trump drinks way too much Diet Coke and he's uh, way, way too unhealthy. He invites these uh, national football, uh, college football national champions to the White House and he serves them fast food. You know, just this is petty garbage. Okay, And again, to be fair, Trump brought a lot, a lot of it on himself with his tweets and hitting out at the media and calling him fake news and all this kind of stuff. But. You know these media types are such pearl clutchers. It's like, oh my God, he's a he's a he's attacking our, our the the acumen for doing our job. You know, I just just a bunch of pathetic lot, all of them. So uh, it's this is all Biden has earned this disapproval rating, uh, this underwater job approval rating on merit. He he absolutely has. And our uh, uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network alum Ed Morrissey wrote about this uh, low Gallup approval rating at hotair.com. I'll read an excerpt from it. Biden's biggest problem has been independents, who started off Biden's term with 61% support. That has dropped by almost half, down to 33% in the latest iteration, but it hasn't been above 40% since Afghanistan. Gallup talks about record polarization being one reason for the stark fall, but Republicans haven't gotten much more polarized over Biden since the beginning of 2021. Geo GOP approval rating of Biden's performance remained consistently around 11 percent, dropping into single digits only after Biden's abandonment of Americans in Afghanistan. In contrast, Biden's decline among Democrats has been more stark. He started off with 98 percent approval and held into the 90s until November when his Build Back Better plan ran off the rails and a food fight started between progressives and moderates. Biden sided with the moderates, and his approval then fell among Democrats to below 80% before rebounding in the last survey to 82%. And all the while, independ- independents have fled the very constituency that Biden carried to his narrow win in 2020. Besides, who's, re- who's really to blame for record polarization now? Is it the Republicans who worked with Biden to pass a bipartisan infrastructure plan, Over the president, who just equated all of them to two members of his own party's Senate caucus, to Jefferson Davis. Biden now wants a reset, a point which I'll address in a separate post and plans a press conference to launch it. Yeah, that went well. That press conference, not so much. Uh, This poll clearly defines the parameters for such a strategy. If Biden's reset doesn't aim for moderates, independents, and loosely affiliated Republicans, it's doomed to fail. Uh, and of course the obligatory pearl clutching has commenced amongst uh progressives democrat politicians what have you uh cut number 2 this is uh excerpt uh Hillary Clinton Maxine Waters Joy Reid Rachel Maddow Charlemagne the God Paul Begala Rosie O'Donnell Jeff Daniels, because you have to get Hollywood D-bags in there. They're credible voices on politics. Uh, Evan McMullen, Liz Cheney, Al Sharpton, Donnie Deutsch, Chuck Schumer, Bernie Sanders, Jen Psaki, Jen, Joy Bihar, Just to name a few, see if you can guess what the uh, talking points were that were handed down. Uh, this is cut number two. Go.
5: If the Democrats
6: fail, it might be the end of American democracy.
3: But I think we're one election away from the end of
6: American
5: democracy.
4: If they take over in 2022... That is the end of democracy, and we're going to have authoritarianism. I
7: hope that we can flip this and save democracy. If we can't, I got to, you know, I got to believe that fascism will take over in America, and that will be the death of democracy. The potential
5: death of democracy. The, death of democracy. the death of democracy. The death of democracy. The death of democracy as we know it.
7: This protest now is not simply about the death of George Floyd. It's about the
4: death of American democracy, decency, and
2: humanity. I'm sad to say that it also can lead to the, uh, the diminishment of democracy if not its death.
0: It almost feels like we are witnessing the the death of democracy here. The death of
1: democracy line stood out to me, Jonathan, because I think that's just factually correct.
7: Kind of the end of democracy, at least the end of our democracy. The return of Donald Trump to the White House could spell the end of democracy in America.
3: We could have a Trump presidency, and that would, in my opinion, be the end of democracy in this country. I think that could be the end of our democracy, not to be too you know,
6: pointed about it. Hillary Clinton said a couple of weeks ago that if he runs and wins, that could be the end of our democracy.
5: Do you share that fear? I do. Are you going to stand by and watch this man destroy the democracy?
7: I hope he will be beaten or else it's the end of uh, democracy as we know
5: it. That'll be the end of democracy as we know it. It's the end of democracy. That is a recipe for the end of democracy. The country
7: is at risk as long as one of our two major parties is so committed to destroying our democracy. January 6th, is what it was, was a potential end of our democracy.
5: It would essentially mean the end of democracy in the United States of America. And that is not hyperbole. This
6: is democracy at stake. We are
5: at a
7: defining moment in our democracy. And if we don't have voting rights, I don't know that we have a democracy. In
4: Georgia. They are trying to destroy democracy. A
7: systematic effort to dismantle democracy, not just voter suppression but subversion. We don't like who you voted for, so we're just going to give it to the other guy. This is the end of democracy in America. This is the beginning of the South the South Africa strategy. If he had won, it would we would have been it would have been the end of this country. It
3: would have been the end of democracy and I am not exaggerating. Yeah, I am are. not exaggerating. Yes you are. Tom Grabian or Tom Elliott from Grabian Media. Uh, put together that supercut. There you have it. Yeah, we'll discuss the Voting Rights Act because uh, that being shot down in a blaze of glory means the end of democracy. Again, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
1: Are you the
4: principal or leader of a Christian or Catholic school? Would you like to fill the empty seats in your classrooms for no cash out of pocket? TwinCitiesTuitions.com would like to team up with you on our tuition program for first-year students. You'll be part of a marketing campaign to raise awareness about your school and gain new students for next year and beyond. Again, at no cash investment for your school. Get details by logging on to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. For all your electrical, Early Bird Electric is the local company you can trust. Early Bird is known as the troubleshooting experts, and they specialize in old homes wiring and repair. Whole home rewires? Check. Emergency service? Check. Adding an outlet so you can charge your darn iPad in the kitchen without fighting the kids? Check. Early Bird Electric does it all. And did I mention same-day service? 612, the bird. Mention AM 1280 The Patriot, and your trip charge is free with repair purchase. 612, the bird. 612, the bird.
3: Welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Whether Alliance I Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing uh, discussion Uh, Well, we kind of talked about the first year of the Joe Biden presidency and what an unmitigated disaster it has been. And uh, instead of uh, continuing to basically address the out-of-control inflation, uh, rising gas prices, uh, rising uh, costs of everyday goods, our supply chain issues, hey, why don't we spend a couple of weeks fighting about a uh, piece of legislation that has absolutely zero chance of passing. Yeah, that's what the Democrats in the Senate faced. Uh, the Voting Rights Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, passed in the U.S. House. This was an attempt to federalize our election system uh, because, uh, despite having record voter turnout in 2020, apparently people are being suppressed. Wouldn't you, you uh, know, Rich Lowry at National Review asked the pointed question: um, If you're going to make a claim of voter suppression, wouldn't you want to bring forth? Cases of rampant, oh, I don't know, voter suppression? Uh, That would seem to kind of be the uh, uh, salient issue there. But this just just comes off as one big power grab. Well, the point is is that legislation, non-fiscal legislation, needs to advance to an up-or-down vote only after 60 or more senators approve. Okay, that's what they call breaking a filibuster. You can uh, basically talk a bill to death. Or if you don't get 60 votes to stop uh, debate, then the bill just essentially dies. And the Democrats knew this. And they wanted to change the rules. They wanted to scrap the filibuster. They wanted to be a simple majority to stop debate in a bill, and then it'll get an up-or-down vote. And then, of course, the Democrats, with 50 members plus uh, Vice President Kamala Harris as president of the Senate, being the tie-breaking vote, boom, they can pass the Voter Rights Act. Well... Senators uh, Manchin from West Virginia and Cinema from Arizona have been steadfast in their stance that, no, we're not getting rid of the filibuster. Not happening. Senator Cinema even took to the floor and said, you know what? I, I support this bill on, on principle, but I'm not for breaking up the institutions of the Senate. And, I, you know, and of course, Democrat senators always like to talk about how it's not in the Constitution, yada, yada, yada. Well, neither is uh, killing a child in utero, yet you seem to claim that that's constitutional, protecting women's right to choose. Not really sure uh, how you make that, uh, square that circle, but <clears throat> I digress. So, the basically, because the filibuster is still in place, the Democrats are now deeming this a racist relic of the Senate from the era of Jim Crow. I mean, that's their favorite, you know, that's their their favorite chanting point now. Anything that the Democrats put forth, and if you oppose it, well, you must be on the side of Jim Crow and Bull Connor, as uh, Biden said during his uh, absolutely disastrous uh, speech in Georgia. And my screen just froze up. That was rather inopportune. Sorry about that, folks. Um, But at the end of the day, the Democrats... This happened as all was predictable and they were just acting all distraught and how Republicans are against people voting and they want to suppress the vote, even though there has been no rampant voter fraud. Okay, and let's you know, let's be frank, there are some people that should not be voting. Okay. I think that if you're going to engage in a democratic process like casting your ballot, you should at least have a working knowledge of how our system works. Okay, a lot of people don't, but their vote counts just as much as yours. All right. That may be a politically incorrect to say thing to say. Okay, I understand. But guess what? Progressives, they have no problem. They had no problem counting uh, calling out Trump supporters. Well, you know, look at those Trump supporters. They're voting against their best interest by voting in Trump. Okay, Uh, the arrogance of those people to suggest they know what's in somebody's. Uh, best interest. Well, the filibuster is such a racist relic that the Democrats haven't used it since uh, Thursday, January 13th of 2022. It's such a racist relic, Democrats haven't used it in 10 whole days. Yeah, Senate Democrats blocked legislation. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz was putting forth uh, legislation to slap sanctions on businesses tied to Nord Stream. To pipeline in Russia, uh, they only got 55 votes to stop debate. Here's the thing: there were six Democrats that voted to cut off debate and give an up or down vote. Of those six Democrats, four of them—Catherine uh, Cortez Masto of Nevada, Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire, Mark Kelly of Arizona, and Raphael Warnock of Georgia—guess what they got coming up in November? Re-election bids. So, of course, they don't want to look like complete frauds and hypocrites. Because Mark Kelly went on the record saying, yeah, I support getting rid of the filibuster. Chuck Schumer made some of his vulnerable members of his caucus walk the plank to say, yeah, we support scrapping the filibuster in order to pass this Voting Rights Act. And in states like Georgia and Arizona, they aren't that radical left. New Hampshire is a swing state. Okay, so there's three opportunities for pickups right there for the Republicans. I, again, when did the Democrats become so inept at politics, basic politics, where they're just going to waste time on legislation that has zero chance of passing and just further inflame and alienate and depress their base? This this makes no sense to me at all. So when that happened, uh, Mitch McConnell, minority leader in the Senate, this is a... Uh, Cut number three, I believe. Yeah, cut number three. Mitch McConnell made some remarks from the Senate floor. Say what you want about Mitch McConnell, but he has played the long game here. Okay, I mean, he was strongly encouraged by President Trump to get rid of the legislative filibuster because the Republicans had a majority in the Senate, they had a majority in the House, and of course Trump had the White House. And if McConnell would just get rid of the filibuster in the Senate, boom, it was carte blanche for the Republicans. And Mitch McConnell stood on principle, said, that's not happening. The legislative filibuster will always be safe with me. The only reason the Republicans invoke the nuclear option for Supreme Court nominees is because the Democrats set the precedent with that with all other federal judiciary nominees. Okay? So Mitch McConnell, uh, his speech on the Senate floor after the filibuster remained intact. Cut number three.
2: This country will be shielded from their radicalism tonight. And make no mistake about it, this is radicalism. Designed to fundamentally change America in every conceivable way to the disadvantage of virtually all of the constituents represented by people on this side of the aisle, and theirs as well, if they were willing to admit it. So the Senate will be saved tonight, the Senate will be saved tonight, America can breathe a sigh of relief, this radicalism will have been stopped, and it's a good day for America. I yield for
3: Okay. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, Yeah, and again, he he stood on that. Because here's the thing that it's just so mind-boggling. And I think, again, not only do progressive elected officials, a lot of them think you're stupid because they say things that they flat out know are not true, but they don't believe you know the difference. Media members as well. You have so many media members pontificating. Saying, well, if Mitch McConnell were in the similar circumstance, if he had a majority in the Senate, as well as the U.S. House and the presidency— and he had the opportunity to scrap the filibuster, what do you think he would do? We already know what he would do. He already said he wasn't going to get rid of it. He said as long as he was majority leader, he was majority leader at the time, the legislative filibuster would remain intact. We know what he would do. So Mitch McConnell is 100% intellectually consistent right here with this stance, and uh, I definitely applaud him. We only have a few minutes left this segment, but we do want to get to a call. Uh, Bob in Shoreview is on line line one. Hey, Bob, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
2: Oh, yeah, my comment is about all those Democrats uh, that you played that were saying this is the end of democracy. Well, you know what they really mean. They mean this is the end of Democrats' monopoly on government. Um, our go- form of government uh, has elements of republicanism, and it also has elements of democracy. Right. The, Senate is more geared towards, you know, Republicanism. Yep. The House more towards democracy. Right. And one is to balance out the other. But they're just complaining because they don't have the monopoly that, you know, the Democrats. What do you think?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call, Bob. And that, that's exactly right. Look, you know, we, our election system. I mean, we it is a representative republic, but our our individual elections are settled by democratic processes. Whereas obviously, those who get the majority of the votes. Like, well, the Electoral College, for instance. Each state is settled by democratic processes. Whoever gets the majority of votes in that given state wins the electoral votes. Okay? That's, you know, part of our representative republic. And, yeah, the, the Senate embodies that. And that's the way it should be. Because wouldn't you want, if you are going to make radical changes and impose radical laws... Wouldn't you think you would want a significant majority? I mean, the founding fathers were geniuses when they when they established that, put that in place. So, uh, yeah, Bob, it's exactly right. We knew. Um, I guess uh, it was it uh, was it uh, a quote widely attributed to Benjamin Franklin is democracy is two wolves and a lamb on what to have for uh, lunch, okay? Uh, whereas liberty. Is a well armed lamb uh, contesting the vote. All right. So uh, that's basically how our system was set up. I mean, yeah, again, we use democratic processes in these each individual elections. I mean, the uh, presidential election is made up of you know, essentially 50 individual elections. And then the electoral college is tabulated based on who gets the majority of votes in each state. And there are, there, there are, um, Efforts to subvert that, but uh, thus far, it's been put into place. Look, at the end, there may be some day where the Democrats have an outright majority or a larger majority uh, in the Senate, and they may ultimately scrap the filibuster. But I would guess that there are a lot more than just Senators Mansion and Cinema who are looking who desire to. Preserve the filibuster, but it's just they were the only ones with the courage to step forward and give cover to the other ones. That's why it was so politically inexplicable why Schumer made someone like Mark Kelly, who's very vulnerable in this November Arizona's other senator, made him walk the plank and say, "Yeah, he supports getting rid of the filibuster." I mean, Arizona, I know, is it isn't the ruby red state that it once was because you know Trump obviously lost that in 2020, and uh, Mark Kelly, Democrat, won his election in 2020. But I don't think Arizonans are that radical where they support getting rid of the filibuster. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Democrat Party of Arizona censured Kirsten Cinema because she wouldn't get rid of the filibuster. uh yeah, Arizona Democrat Party primary her from the left. I dare you, I double dog dare you. In fact, if you put up a primary challenger to kirsten cinema i will I will throw some money into the hopper for that effort. I double-dog dare you. See where that gets you. Uh, I'll be sitting here with the popcorn while that happens. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere.
0: AM 1280, The Patriot.
7: Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
5: Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. Metashare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE.
7: Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. If you are a man over 40, listen up. Because this could impact how much you're getting done during the day and at night. The harsh reality is, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone. Here's the good news. Nugenics, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC, has changed the game again for men over 40 with Nugenics Total T, their most powerful man-boosting formula ever. And guys all over America are raving about it. Jeremy P. says, this is the best product I've found to raise T levels. I plan on using the product for the rest of my life. And how about Shane D? He says, I had no drive and was tanked out at the end of the day. After three months, my energy level is through the roof. I work out like most 19-year-olds. I am 47. Guys over 40, you need NuGenix Total Tea. And right now, you can get a complimentary bottle. Just text BELT to 42424. It's the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. But you can only get your complimentary bottle by texting BELT to 42424. That's B-E-L-T to 42424. Text BELT to 42424.
4: GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem
3: Media Group. Welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network.
8: One final short segment
3: this hour, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I did want to get to some local issues. I'm going to have to pick those up in the second hour, and then we're going to be joined at 2.30 by Kelly Johnner Byrne. She vying for the Republican nomination for Minnesota Secretary of State. Again, that's at 2.30. But I did want to acknowledge the passing of uh, comedian Louis Anderson. He was one of us. He grew up in uh, St. Paul and had a 40-year career in stand-up comedy and most recently uh, gained critical acclaim for his role as a woman, actually. He played the mom in the FX TV show Baskets, played uh, Christine Baskets. And if you've ever seen Louis' stand-up act, uh, he invoked his family quite a bit. And he said the uh, inspiration for his the character that he played in Baskets was a kind of a cross-section between his mother and his sisters. Louis had five sisters. Well, Louis Anderson passed away this past week at the age of 68, uh, succumbed to cancer. Uh, I remember, the first, I blogged about this at bradcarlson.org, the first time I ever heard of Louis Anderson was about 1984. Uh, HBO was running a special. It was a bunch of comedians performing at Dangerfields in New York City. This was the club by Roddy Dangerfield. And this was Roddy Dangerfield actually hosted this show. And coincidentally enough, Bob Saget was one of the other young comedians performing in this set back in 1985. Bob Saget passed away two weeks ago today. So Louie Anderson, Bob Saget passed away within 10 days of each other. In fact, Louie appeared on Bob Saget's podcast uh, back in this past May, I believe it was. So they go back a long, long way, and the fact that they died within 10 days of each other is uh, really something. But I paid a special attention to Louie because I'm a Minnesota Rube, and shortly after I saw that special at Dangerfields, I found out Louie was a Minnesota native. And what really uh, galvanized my love of his comedy was about a year or two later, about 1986, he did a special, Louis Anderson at the Guthrie. He appeared at the Guthrie Theater, and it was like an hour-long special. And it, I wore out the VHS tape watching that. Kids, Google what VHS is, okay? Um uh, that's what essentially what on demand is today, except we had to take an actual device called a tape and put it into a machine called a video cassette recorder. And uh, I wore out that tape. I had that thing memorized. I laughed uproariously every time it was one of the funniest things. Cause he'd riff on life and family. And of course he was a big fella, real big guy. And there was one uh, thing in particular where he t- he riffed on his mom's driving. You know, my she, he talked about my mom was a real distracted driver and I, uh, in my best Louie impersonation, she'd be driving along and all of a sudden she'd be saying, oh, look, a garage sale. And you know, Louie's heart would just sink and be like, I'm not going in. she say, oh, come on in. You might find a shirt. And Louie's response was, what, does Raymond Burr live here? Okay, Raymond Burr, if you don't know, Perry Mason, Ironside, these old 60s and 70s television shows. Raymond Burr was a big guy. And my brother and me went and saw Louis Anderson perform at Northrop Auditorium 14 years ago, and we bought backstage passes as well. So we were standing in line, and when it was our turn to go see Louie, I walked up to him, and the first thing I said to him was, does Raymond Burr live here? And uh, he got a big chuckle out of that, and he says, well, actually, not a lot of my audience knows who Raymond Burr is anymore, so I insert John Goodman in there, you know, John Goodman, the actor from the uh, 80s TV show Roseanne, 80s and 90s TV show. So, and Louis was as nice as he could be, took a lot of time to chat with us, and I told him where my brother and me grew up, and he was like, oh, that was about five miles from where I grew up. You know, he told us uh, the area where he lived in. So we had that, I, I felt a kind of a, a kindred, Louie was kind of a kindred spirit in that he grew up on the east side. Now, he's 15, 16 years older than me, okay, but yet we still kind of felt that kind of connection. And I always followed his career, and we became Facebook friends uh, back, you know, shortly after we saw him in concert, like 2008. And, you know, he didn't—he wasn't, he never really responded a lot when you posted on his Facebook wall or tagged him in a photo or anything like that. But, you know, I, I would interact with him, wish him a happy birthday, never really talked to him personally. But I did post on my Facebook page a picture of my brother and me at that concert in Northrop Auditorium 14 years ago. You know, that photo op with uh, Louie Anderson and uh, quite a career that he has cut out. Uh, he was one of 11 kids. That was another thing he talked about. And all of his siblings, he's got, he had um, not uh, obviously 10 siblings. So of the 11 Anderson kids, only two of them are still with us. His oldest sibling died when he was like in his early 70s. He never had a sibling that lived much past, their early 70s. He's got two siblings still living right now, so I don't know if the family has a history of health problems or what. But I was shocked to see that that he's on, that only two of his 11 siblings are still with us. So uh, pretty amazing. But Louis Anderson again passed away at the age of 68. Uh, definitely uh, going to miss his uh, comedy, his performances. That's for sure. But he lives on through the magic of YouTube and other uh, video streaming outlets and whatnot. And I spent a lot of the weekend watching a lot of his old interviews, like on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson back in the '80s, and even rewatched Louis Anderson at the Guthrie. So definitely look that one up. That one is a scream as well. So, uh, folks, that's hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Back in a moment.
8: Closing time Turn all of Are you
4: tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? Would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Then join Dale Tondrick for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Sundays at 11 a.m. Call Dale Tondrick now to get your complimentary customized Retirement and Income Kit plus the free Retirement and Income Book at 844-320-7233.
0: That's 844-320-SAFE. The Retirement and Income Radio Show, Sundays at 11.
4: No Market Risk Retirement Strategies.
5: It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround. Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. SurroundMSP.com,
6: connecting you with new customers. Do you suffer from sharp, shooting, aching neck or back pain? Have you found yourself discouraged because the only solutions you've been offered to treat your pain or disc injuries are medications, injections or surgery? Abundant Life Chiropractic Health and Injury Center has a time-tested, proven track record of treating spine and nerve injuries from acute and chronic bulge discs, herniated discs and pinched nerves. Their non-invasive, non-surgical decompression techniques have helped hundreds of patients get relief from debilitating neck and back pain caused by disc injuries. If you're ready to reclaim your health, contact Abundant Life Chiropractic Health and Injury Center in Chanhassen. They're here to help you. As an AM 1280 The Patriot listener, you receive a special $49 Get Acquainted offer. That's a $250 value for just $49. Go to AbundantLifeChiropractor.com to schedule your full disc and spinal workup. That's AbundantLifeChiropractor.com.